0: We thank you for listening to the weekly sermon of First United Methodist Church, Missouri City, Texas. We're a church that's making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. For more information about the church and its ministries or how we can pray for you, visit us on the web at fumcmc.org. If you desire to make a quick contribution in support of our ministries, you can text to give. Simply text the amount you want to give to 281-369-4870 and follow the instructions. And now, as you listen, we hope that you find this podcast meaningful and transformational in your journey of faith. So this morning I asked you to introduce yourself. You know, I, I think it's interesting... Uh, about how we introduce ourselves. I was watching a, a talk online about the strategy of how to effectively introduce yourself to someone else, and I found it really interesting. So, you, as as the as the person who wants to introduce yourself, you're supposed to initiate. So, as a good business person, as a person who wants to make a good impression, you're supposed to initiate the introducing. So, you step forward, and it's important that you get your hand out first and meet their hand first. Okay, so. So you, you initiate the conversation, you stick your hand out, and the handshake is important, right? Because no one wants to see a little soft, feeble handshake where somebody just kind of lays their hand out there, right? Okay, so you've got to have a firm handshake. Okay, so what you try to do, and this is the advice, okay? So you take the web of your fi- hand right here, and you try to meet it with the web of their hand. And then you try to make sure your pinky wraps around to the other side of this knuckle right here on their hand, right? <laughs> And the no I'm serious this is what it said okay so you, and and the key is not you don't want to grab hard and, and break their hand right but the key to a good hard handshake is the coverage of your hand and making sure you get a full coverage of your hand when you shake their hand okay so you go and you and you give them the proper handshake you initiate and then you say your name first and you give them the name that you want to be called so if i say hi i'm Rusty Young so I say that I want to be called Rusty. And then you continue to hold their hand until they respond to you. And they respond, Hi, I'm John Smith. And then you don't let go of their hand until you say their name back to them. Hi, John. How are you doing? Okay, so that's how this, this, uh, this video that I watched um, talked about how to introduce yourself. I think it's important. I think it's, it is important how we introduce ourselves because we want to convey that, that we are a competent person, that we, are, we want to get to know them, we want to be in relationship, and we want to make a good impression. You know, I saw this video, and, it, and the video was done by a college basketball coach. And this college basketball coach, he uh, was teaching the players of his team how to introduce themselves. Because what he noticed was, the week before, he had had an alumni of the university, a very wealthy alumni, come and speak to them, to speak to the team about what he did and how he was a leader and various other things. And he noticed that some of the players went up and introduced themselves, and some of the other players did not. And what he told his players is, he said, I knew from the moment that I saw all of you go and introduce yourselves, that this man who came would come and root on our basketball team, but within 30 seconds of meeting you, he would not have hired any of you because you didn't know how to introduce yourself. And so today, he said that's gonna change. You'll know how to introduce yourselves so that you can make a good impression. So as I saw that video, I thought about our scripture today. And our scripture today is the introduction of Jesus. Jesus uh, is introduced by John the Baptist, and the disciples meet Jesus for the first time. These two disciples meet Jesus for the very first time. Uh, and and as, as the disciples come, uh, it's important to remember that this meeting of the disciples of Jesus differs from the other Gospels. So you'll know in the other Gospels it's a story of Jesus goes out to the fishermen and he says, drop your nets, come and follow me, and be fishers of men. But this story is a little bit different. See, these two disciples, they were first disciples of John the Baptist. So they were already following John the Baptist. And John tells the disciples that just Jesus He is the one. He is the Lamb of God, the Son of God. He uses both of these terms to refer to Jesus because he he says, this Jesus, he is the one who is greater than I am. And he gives these titles to Jesus, this authority to Jesus, so that the disciples might understand and they might follow him. So what do they do? They, of course, go up to him, introduce themselves, give a hearty, firm handshake and say, Hi, I'm Andrew. No, of course they don't do that. They don't do that at all. They, like, follow him. They just start stalking Jesus, right? (laughs) They're like, oh, that must be the Lamb of God. Let's follow him. So they just start following Jesus. So Jesus notices that these two guys are following him. And, of course, then he turns around and says, okay, I'm going to be a great introduction, so I'm going to shake your hand, say, hi, I'm Jesus Christ. Uh, No, he doesn't do that at all. And says he turns around, and he answers the, asks them a question, the essential question. He says, what are you looking for? Because in the story, this question is both a practical question and an existential one. It's practical because two men are following him. He turns around, and he wants to know, What are you looking for? But it's also a deeper question. Jesus wants to know what they seek in life, what they hope to discover in meeting Jesus, what they want to learn about this Lamb of God, this Son of God that John has told them so much about. Jesus asks them their purpose in chasing after him. But he also challenges them to examine that why they are following and why they seek him out. But of course, instead of answering his question, they answer with another question. Where are you staying? They say. And they do that because it's safe. It's a safe answer. right? Jesus asks them a deep, deep question about why they are they're looking. But instead they respond only to the practical. Then Jesus responds to them, and he doesn't answer their question either. Instead, he offers an invitation. Come and see. Jesus offers guidance he doesn't tell them the answer to their question, because the answer would be three blocks down, two houses over, that's where I'm staying, you can find me there any time. Instead, he offers them an experience, an opportunity to journey with him to the destination they seek. Because he knows that the disciples are not ready to answer his question. What are you looking for? Because we know the disciples are looking for purpose. They're looking for clarity and direction to find the God they're looking for. You know, I'd be willing to guess that many of us might have a hard time answering that question too. Whether it be in our relationship with Jesus or why we come to church or maybe even in our everyday lives how we interact with our family, how we spend our money, how we are in relationship. What are you looking for? But isn't this the fundamental question we ask ourselves in our lives? It's an important first question, both for Jesus and for us. Jesus asked them this question so that he might know their intention, But also, in his wisdom, he forces them to consider what they're doing and what they seek. So why is it important for us to ask that same question of ourselves? What are you looking for? It's a question of purpose and priority. It's Jesus' first lesson because it's hard to find what you are not looking for. If you don't know what your aim or your purpose is, then there is no direction for your pursuit. And the reality is that you do, if you don't know what you're looking for, then the world will sell you something. If you don't know what you're looking for, the world will sell you something. If you lack purpose and direction, if you don't know what you're doing, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to go down paths of desire and emotion in the moment. If I'm going through life and I don't know what I'm looking for, the world will define it for me. You know, the easiest people to make a sale to are the people who don't know what they want to go to buy when they walk in the store. Right? If... If you're walking through life, you'll, you'll hear the world say, you need a fancier car. You need a new house. You need this new phone, these new clothes. You have to have this education. You need to go on this vacation. Because if you don't have a purpose, if you don't know your priorities, And anything that comes along seems to be the next best thing. Jesus says, what are you looking for? You know, it can apply to many different areas of our life. It can apply to our family, to our financial situation. It can apply to our careers and our relationships. Do you look for opportunities to invest to really purposefully invest in the relationships in your life? Do you look for opportunities to invest in your children, your spouse? Are you choosing activities that promote conversation, connection, that deepen relationships? Or do you choose activities that are just entertaining, that just fill the time and don't reach connection, and deepen a relationship. As I think about what I'm looking for, it reminds me of my children. You know, my children are are 7, 11, and 13. Charlotte's about to be 11 anyway. She's 10. She'll be 11 in a few days. So, as I think about them, I realize that they have lots of talent, and they have so much potential, but whether it's they're working a puzzle, or trying to play a piece on the piano, whether they're learning to throw a baseball, or they're trying to finish their homework, there seems to be a point where they get so frustrated, that they feel like They just can't climb that hill. They just can't make it. But the reality is, I know that with a little more practice, or just being pointed in the right direction, I can see all that they can be, and that all of what they want can be realized. But it's hard, because you can't just tell them. You can't just say, if you work a little harder it'll it'll happen you can tell them that but they won't listen. Instead you have to sit beside them. You have to come alongside them and show them that what they want is possible. Because there's a difference between knowing that they can do it and coming alongside them until they realize that it's possible. Come and see. Jesus offered his disciples not an answer, but a journey. He taught them his wisdom so that they might know and believe it themselves. And he offers us that journey as well. We say at the end of every service that when God sees us, he doesn't see the mistakes we make. But instead, he says, wow, you're nothing but the best of the best of the best. And the key to saying that at the end of every service is not that God knows that you are the best of the best of the best, but instead that you might know that God sees you that way. And living life knowing that, then you see all that God has created you to be. To come and see what is possible. Because this is the beauty of discipleship if we, we have to ask ourselves the hard questions. We have to say, what are you looking for? We have to examine our priorities. We have to seek wisdom in our purpose. But the good news is we are not alone. We have each other to hold on to, encouraging us to come and see the possibilities with God on our side as we seek to understand what God has in store for us, as we introduce ourselves, or maybe even reintroduce ourselves to Jesus, we have to be ready to consider the question, what are you looking for? The good news is we don't have to have all the answers. He's inviting us on a journey to come and see what abundant life of joy, of grace, and of forgiveness can really mean in our lives. You know, some of us have been on this journey with Jesus for a little while. We've seen what it means to share grace, to love unconditionally. We've experienced the wisdom of Jesus and have seen the fruits borne out in our lives. And Jesus in this scripture sets an example for us and for those of around us to come and see. It's the easiest of invitations. See, in this world of viral videos being shared on Facebook, targeted ads based on metadata from companies that have gathered all this information on our purchases and our preferences, the best advertisement to anything is still a personal endorsement. Come and see. For those of us who have basked in the wisdom of Jesus, those of us who have shared in the joys of this community of saints, it is our call to follow Jesus and to share that invitation with others. Come and see. Because you have the wisdom, you have the knowledge, you have the experience to know what it is to be in a community of faith. It is our opportunity to use a handshake And introduce ourselves to share with those that we care most about that Jesus might just be what they are looking for. See, we can look at this scripture from the perspective of the disciples, the ones who have everything to learn. We can humble ourselves as ever-improving and always discovering our priorities and our purpose. But we can also see the example of Jesus. Because we know people in our lives to whom we need to say the words, what are you looking for? Come and see. I want you to take a moment. Think about the people that you care about in your life. The people who you want the best for. I want you to think about them, and I want you to think about what they're looking for and what role a faith community, a relationship with Jesus might look like. And remember, our responsibility is not just to preach or to tell them where they might find answers, but invite them. We're called to come alongside those who seek wisdom and simply say, Come and see. Just like my children, who don't need their dad to tell them wh- what they can do, but instead who will journey with them, because I know what is possible. Come and see what it's like to love unconditionally. Come and see what it's like to know that you are loved. Come and see the blessing serving others, and being generous. Come and see the beauty of a community walking through life together, facing life's struggles and triumphs together, sharing life's wisdom together. What are you looking for? Come and see. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, give you peace both now and forever. The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit go from this place. And may the peace and the love and the grace of God go with you. And may you know, may you remember, may you never forget that there is nothing you can do nothing that will ever make God love you less because when God sees us he doesn't see the mistakes that we make he simply says wow you're nothing but the best of the best of the best and can you imagine for just a moment what your day might be like if you lived it believing that I think you'd have a good day